diving into things you should know about our changed new world. I'm Colin Day, Managing Director of EMEA, and you're listening to Octopus's Original Discussion Series. Ladies and gentlemen, it's podcast time. Um, this is Octopus's Original Podcast Series, Things You Need to Know About Our Changed New World. I'm Colin Day, your host. I'm also the Managing Director for Octopus across EMEA and Asia Pacific, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome to this episode a good friend of mine and a good friend of Octopus, Sarah Whip. Sarah is the Chief Marketing Officer and Head of Go-To-Market Strategy for CallSign, a financial technology company headquartered in my country, England. We do have you know, listeners around the world, Sarah, but um, headquartered in, uh, in, in London, England. Um, CallSign focuses on providing identity fraud authorization and authentication products and services to banks, um, public sector and private sector organizations. I got that totally right, right, Sarah? Absolutely, we do. Yeah, we're in the digital identity space. So um, perfect. Oh, that was a lot more sort of succinct than me. So thank you for that one. Hey, but Sarah, prior <laughs> you practiced, yeah. Well, you probably wrote it, right, being the CMO. But um, prior to joining CallSign, you know, um, I've known you for a number of years, right? So I know a bit of your background. But just for the uh, the listeners, right, you've you've built and led marketing teams um, across companies that have been as diverse as consumer software um, to the world's largest um, credit rating agency, S and P, right? Um, you know, across all of those, though, I know that your remit from the conversations that we've had and, and the, uh, the interactions that we've had, all of those roles have really been the same, right? It's all been around transforming and, and building marketing into something that delivers measurable value, yeah? talking you know, business language, um, and in your own words, never, ever put in a mood board or word cloud out there, right, Sarah? Yes. No, I, don't, I think that's probably going to come back to haunt me, but yes, it, it, it's it's really always been that challenge of saying the marketing department seems to be a little um, adjacent to the rest of the business, not fully aligned to business strategy. That, that's certainly every time I've come in, um, that seems to have been the ask a little bit more. And I think it's because my background wasn't ever marketing. Um, no, it was I, sales, finance, um, research, yeah. IT consultancy, and just general management, right? Ab- absolutely. So I, I came to marketing late. Um, I think I, I originally thought I was wanted to be in sales. That was going to be where it's at. You know, it, it was the 90s. It was a heady time. Everyone wanted to buy things. Um, and then I realized that actually I preferred the process to the close. And I think when you realize that that close isn't what makes you really excited about life, you're probably not in the, in, in, you're in the wrong job, essentially. Um, and it was when I started looking around and went into general management, got absolutely fascinated by the marketing process by the ability to be able to match what your company did with needs and be able to express that. I, I loved the, the, the process of it, the nuances of it, make, being able to put words and attune your value proposition to what customers were looking for. I found it was a real craft as well as a science. Um, I mean, I came into it a little bit late that I missed the full art side of it and it was more of a science by the time I came in, but it's something I'm just very curious about, and I love the way that it changes all the time. But Sarah, your your pedigree is amazing, right? If you look at the the stable of brands that you've you've worked with, right? Some of the companies, just to rattle off a few, if I may, it's like um, S and P Global Ratings, as we mentioned earlier, Semantic, um, Microsoft, IBM, Fujitsu. That's just to mention a few, right? So um, you know, it's great to have 
a CMO on the podcast, given that um, you know our audience uh, is made up of your peers, fellow um, CMOs uh, across the the B two B industry um, or landscape, as well as other marketing professionals and um, you know and sales professionals alike. So, you know, Sarah, it's great to have you on the show. First, first question for you: yeah. What does what does the typical day yeah of the call sign CMO look like? Oh God, I wish there was a typical day. So. Callsign isn't a big brand yet. We will be. But I, I've been really lucky that I've, I managed to come in at the point where there wasn't a brand per se. There was a vision. Um, there were exciting plans from our founders. But we hadn't actually established the, the brand proposition, be that in the employer brand as well as obviously the, the market brand. So my job has really been to create that and to build it and curate it understand a little bit more and change and iterate along the way. So the typical day could be anything from working on the brand pieces. Um, I work on with our CEO who's amazing on the investor side of it and sort of putting those messages together. Um, I was working on actually updating our CSR policy the other day. And then I've also got to make sure I do the sales decks. So I've got an amazing team. I'm very lucky, um, but there is only four of us. Um, so compared to jobs I've had to do in the past where my day would be meetings, um, and if I'm being really honest with myself, probably feeling that I wasn't adding as much value because I wasn't the one doing things. I was the one, I don't know, maybe changing the deck chairs on the Titanic. I don't know, whatever I was doing with it. But I didn't feel that I could say that I'd actually own something. Whereas here, I've done every job in call signs, I'm growing the team and we're doubling it. So yeah. you're pulling up your sleeves, right? Rolling them up and going in the trenches. And it's amazing to know at this ripe old age, I can actually do it. So it's actually you're been a little bit in me. Um, so yeah, I've, I've really loved doing that, but there isn't a typical day. We call it the, the call sign roller coaster because you start off thinking you're going to do one thing and then you end up doing something completely different, but you know you've contributed, you know you've made a difference. Uh, but that's what keeps it fresh and, and exciting, right? It's like, um, you know, the fact that you don't necessarily know what you're walking into each day and there's there's not necessarily a typical day. So, so Sarah, what are some of the marketing successes that you and the, the team that uh, you've built over at CallSign have experienced over the last two years since, since you took up the role? I think that there's, there's been loads. I mean, it, 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 this one's probably going to be quite sounding an odd one, but it's a personal one for me. I think it was even... At a very, very you know, young age from a company, putting the CSR policy in place and making sure that I've got investment and support from the board, that we are, during this time, under these sort of COVID measures, we are still offering free food during our all hands. We send out vouchers to our staff. So it's a contribution in the employer brand, but I've also managed to make sure that we maintain our contribution to um, Magic Breakfast, which if you don't know, please look up Magic Breakfast. Um, but they offer meals for kids. So, and as we know, not all kids are getting breakfast at the moment. So that sounds like an odd win, but personally it feels really rewarding to me that we've managed to maintain that value as an organization, as an employer throughout challenging times. Um, and so that, that's super rewarding from a, are we building our values in the right way? Have they stood the test of time? Um, have they stood challenging circumstances? Yeah, and we, we got it right and we've been able to prove it. And then if I think about it from a more um, customer-related approach, it was being selected by the World Economic Forum as a technology pioneer. 
Um, and that, that means not only our technology is a great, strong product market fit, but it also means we're doing it in the right way. It means that we are purposeful and we're aligning with some of the purposeful vision of the World Economic Forum. And for example, the Singaporean government did some case studies about good AI practices, and we were included in that. So that it, when you're tr building a brand, having it aligned with people like the World Economic Forum, having the Singaporean government endorse the way that you do things in the right way, because we're in the identity space, you have to do it in a privacy-preserving way. You have to do it without AI bias. And saying it isn't good enough, you need respected third parties to be supporting that and, and endorsing it. Um, and we've been very lucky. We've had great support from them. We have great support from industry analysts like Gartner, um, IT Group, um, and, and again, getting their support through and having them sort of replay back words that you said that we believe is a good, strong product market fit. And them saying, no, you've got it right, means we've done a good messaging job but it also means I've done a good job in showcasing the fantastic work our technology team do. So every day there's small wins and every day we go two steps backward in some places and we, 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 we start the good fight again. But I, I think the, the magic breakfast, right, that, uh, that you mentioned at the front, I mean, that's, that's all about humanizing the brand, right? Surely it's, it's, a, it's about like, um, you know, um, um, we, we all talk about being empathetic. We all talk about humanizing the brand. This is just one way, one strategy that you guys have implemented to, to help that humanization aspect, right? Yes, and it, it's important to us. We're very, I think certainly our founder, myself, we're not from the best of backgrounds. Yep. Um, and we recognize we got lucky and we got a lot of support on the way. And we want to make sure that we do support young people from disadvantaged backgrounds to do that. So we also work with the Aldridge Foundation, which are a great set of foundation schools across the UK, but in particular from the Northwest in Blackburn, which is where the founder's from. And coincidentally, or maybe why I got the job, um, where I'm from, um, but they, um, they, we work with a lot of kids there who perhaps their, their mum and dad don't have office jobs, so we can provide work experience um, for them, rather than I think some of the time work experience is given to friends and family, investors. Yep. They, trying to give work experience to kids who wouldn't normally be able to get into an office is really rewarding. Um, and watching a 15 year old from Tottenham make his way into central London, um, as, as, as we did last year with Naz, it, it, and, and then experience what an office is like, it, it's just magical. And he, he's gone on, he's left school, he's got a great job. Um, so um, amazing to be able to do that. And I think increasingly people want to know who you are and what you stand for, not just what you do. Um, that's terrific and that that pride and passion just just you know um am, uh, amplifies itself in in everything you're saying there so hat off hat off to you guys congratulations look sarah it's it's safe to say right that that call sign have been on and, and indeed are on right a, a transformational journey for for others that are embarking on a on a similar journey so like um, what advice could you give you know where, where do you start i think from, from the call sign piece it, it's been really about making sure we've, we've established strong product market fit it's what we test the whole time and if i talk about it at the company level it's about working with investors who can help you um our founder would say that our founders would say that the whole time that they've been very clever about the investors that they've picked to make sure that they're additive it's not it's not about the money it's about making sure the fits there and the supports there and that they can introduce you to people that will perhaps accelerate your growth so for a company like ours to selling 
one that I can say on the record, Lloyds Banking Group, um, and for them to trust their identity solutions with us, both with customers and employees, is, is amazing. Um, so we, we've had to make sure that we work with others and partner with others that can help us and provide more than perhaps just a single service. And from a marketing perspective, it's very much making sure that I stay very focused on the company goals. Um, and it's funny, I, t I was talking to our CEO yesterday because you, you talk about how do you measure marketing and you, you, know, you go through and you go, it could be hygiene, it can be activity, it's results, it's outcome. And you, you talk through how he should understand the measures of marketing and why activity isn't a particularly good measure because if the results aren't there and then the strength to the outcome aren't there, the, it, it, it's going to be a little bit missing. And I think I've had the opportunity to talk to him about the difference of measuring by a, a happiness index, which Colin, you and I have talked about in the past. You know, marketing are doing a great job because sales said they were doing a good job or engineering said they were doing a good job. And you, you're measured purely by a happiness index, no matter what lead measures you might put in place. People go, yeah, I get those numbers, but I don't feel it. And I've had that so many times. The opportunity to go and educate from the start going, don't put it on a happiness index, um, is, has been a, a big learning and be able to put practices in place so that we are measured on the outcomes of the business and that we're seen as being that department. And, but I had to do the build-up from hygiene, activity, results to outcome. And so, yeah, I mean, that, the happiness index side of things, right, makes it near on impossible to defend the budget, right, come, uh, come those difficult and challenging conversations. It, it, it's there and it, and it drives really odd behaviours. You know, yep. when you've got that, to, you know, the team doing, well, why did you do that? Oh, well, so-and-so wanted me to do it. And, you, you know, you almost, I think as a marketeer, you then leave your brain at the door. And that's a horrific thing to say to someone from a career perspective. And so always being able to put that business element in place and say, we start with the strategy. We start yep. with how we contribute towards the strategy. And if we can't explain how what we're doing is contributing towards the strategy and that end goal, stop. Wait, yep. challenge, get to that point and get on that page. Because if you can, you'll always have a, a position. And I think particularly at the moment, you know, budgets are challenged. The board is asking what, what are we spending on marketing? Do we have to spend as much on marketing? Can we do it in other ways? Hey, events are dead. You know, that, that, that's a typical big spend. Let's just cut that. And trying to explain that, yes, events may be dead, but that doesn't mean you just stop because the effect that you would have from events is now not being understood within the rest of the company so, or realized. You've got to find it somewhere else, right? Yeah, you've got to be innovative. And let's face it, marketeers, we're all challenging because we're all going down to a smaller number of channels. So yep. we're all fighting for airspace in those channels. So it's actually got, I think, a lot more challenging at the moment. We'll come on to those channels in a little while. So like, I'm sure we will. But uh, Sarah, look, when, when you and I always talk about um, transformation in the past, right? It's like um, we normally put it into uh, into free buckets, right? It's like um, it's it's the mindset of the individuals, it's the skill set of the individuals, and it's the tool set that um, you know em empowers that, right? And uh, you know, I, I think you you've spoken eloquently to uh, certainly 
two of those, right? It's like a mindset and skill set across um, everything that um, um, you've just said there, right? So I'm sure we'll come on to, to the tool set side of things later on in the conversation. Well, we're talking at the moment, so yes. You, you've, got, you've got it. But um, look, to, to our, our marketing colleagues um, and, and friends out there, right? What would your advice be on where they should focus their, their efforts with those limited resources that uh, you mentioned um, in order to you know, achieve growth? Growth, whether it be hyper growth or whether it be any growth in, uh, um, you know, in, in these times, where, where, where do you think people should be, be focusing um, and doubling down their marketing efforts? I think it starts, look, we've said content's king for ages, but it, it does start with a message. Right now, CFOs are looking to save money. And I don't mean about CFOs within our companies. I mean, CFOs with our customers. In general, yep, yep. Oh, in they're our customers, yeah. They're looking to save money. And if we can't establish our products as, and I hate to use this word because it's got a different context under these times, but I can't think of a better one, so forgive me, um, but essential. If we can't show how intrinsic our services are to the success of our customers' organizations, then we, in the same way as we would be internally, have a chance of the budget being reduced, we're not going to get that sale. So I've gone back and just said, okay, let's make sure that we have that establishment point. Let's make sure that we talk about how essential it is, what the business impact is of our customers, and let's make sure that message is honed more. And that doesn't take budget. That just takes a lot of thinking and a lot of questioning and a lot of talking with the customer-facing roles. What are the conversations? How have they changed? Checking with Gartner, checking with Forrester, you know, other analyst firms apply. Um, but being able to check with those guys to say, what are you hearing? What are the queries? How are they changing? Now, it's easy for me to say that, right? Because I work in a company that sells digital identity products. Everyone's gone digital. Fraudsters are having a field day. And everyone knows that if you're going digital, you have to establish digital trust. And part of doing that is a privacy-preserving, customer-friendly way of authenticating. So it's an easier job in the industry I'm in, but I think it still is true to every industry, which is if you can't explain why you have to remain in the, the, the budget and the budget focus of the CFO, work on your messaging. And the tactics, Christ, I, I, it's really like lemmings. I don't know if you've seen the same thing, but you know, everyone's like, okay, let's run a survey. We're bound to get some press on that, but journalists have been furloughed, so how do we make that work? Let's all go into the webinars. Let's do these video podcasts, social, let's go, 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 right? Everyone's going and focusing on a smaller number of channels, which means the message has to be better. Yep. And I think I've seen a lot, certainly people who are sort of selling to me where they've not changed their messaging. They've focused on the channel. And I think that for me, that wasn't the right thing to do. I think the right thing to do is be smart about your message and then the channel will get through. Gotcha. So picking up, I mean, you, you mentioned innovation earlier on, right? It's like, um, you know, how important is innovation to, to the modern day CMO? And I'm, I'm classing you as that modern day CMO, right? It's like, um, um, and, and where do you see innovation coming from in the marketing function? It, it, it's funny, actually. And it's a difficult question because I think innovation can, comes in almost the, the strangest type of places that you come through. I don't, I haven't seen, and maybe I haven't been looking properly, innovation come from people trying to innovate as for innovation's sake. Yep. It's come from, okay, we know we have to hit this goal. 
the tried and tested words aren't working, how can we try something new? And, it, and it's come from test and learn, test and learn, test and learn. And I think when we, and the conversations that we have around that sort of one customer view that we have and that a lot of people are looking for, there's, there are a lot of barriers to making some of the innovations. And a lot of it has been, it's sort of a one and done. You have to roll out the innovation. And if you have that, that challenge, it's very difficult. And it's, um, it's quite a hard job as being a CMO trying to drive that innovation because you're trying to sell it in without actually necessarily understanding if it's going to be a success. So it, it was funny. I was listening to the CEO of Movember, Michelle Terry. It was at a, a Forbes CMO event. And she was asked about marketing. She said, you guys are the most courageous people on the planet. She said, the most courageous C-suite because you know when you're putting a proposal there, you aren't certain of success. That in fact, you know that there is a strong chance of failure because it hasn't been tried. But you have to do it time and time again. And she said, so to me, hats off to you guys. You are courageous, you're authentic, you show vulnerability. All of those great real things that we talk about at every point. And so we, we do do that, we drive innovation, but we have to go in cautiously to know that we can't innovate in massive blocks. We have to innovate a small piece at a time. And the innovation can only come from understanding customer needs and figuring out the best way to get to it. So I don't think I've answered that particularly well. But well, actually, actually, I've got a follow-on question for you, Sarah, right? Because, you know, innovation doesn't have to be a big thing, right? It's like, um, you know, it, it can be small, tiny things. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but when we first met, right, cast your mind back all those years when we were sitting on the Serious Decisions, um, you know, Executive Council. I had hair, you know, it's like um, I had less wrinkles. Um, but, um, you know, when we, when we first met, right, you introduced something to me called um marketing plan on a page remember that oh i'm still using yeah yeah uh, well i was going to ask you that right so like um, because um you know you introduced that concept actually to serious decisions or forester as they they now are right so like um um and um you know i was going to say it's so like um yeah that was a small small innovation that um you know helped out so like um you know the industry as a whole or, or certainly serious decisions clients including myself i still use it by the way um do you still use it but what led you to to create plan on a page what is what is plan on a page so the, it was that recognition that as marketeers we were going out and almost showing our workings when you you, you know you, you're at the exco or the leadership team whatever you're at it was I guess the first rule of marketing, the Mark Twain quote is, you know, I wrote a book, I didn't have time to write a chapter. We, we, we were showing too much. We were spending too much time being able to go, let's show everything that we've got. Whereas actually what people wanted to consume was a small amount of information that pertained to how marketing was going to contribute towards the company, what it needed from other departments, and how it would understand if it was working or not. And that, gotcha. those were the sort of the basic things behind it. So we tried to put it down and say, can we put it into one page? Because in my experience, I don't know about yours, Colin, but that's pretty much all you've got with an executive. Yep. And if you can explain it like that with a single slide, and actually I've got a, a customer meeting this afternoon for a partnership where I've put the whole plan and the go-to-market on the page. And we will talk around that on one page. And it, it sounds basic, but it, it, and it takes a lot of work to be able to get it down and home to one page, but people remember it. Um, 
it's there. And then the other element is we actually like the acronym POOP. So it goes, it, it stretches in many, many different ways. You can talk about the shape of your poop. You can talk about improving your poop. Things like that make you a little bit happier every day. I noticed Sirius called it Plan on A page, which I frankly think showed a lack of humour on their part. But you know, it probably went down a little bit better. Um, but yes, it, it, it went from that because we recognised we weren't communicating effectively internally. And therefore that holy grail that we keep talking about, which is how can marketing be taken seriously? Well, it starts with communicating to business in a way that business can consume. And then you can bring people on a journey with you. So, so ladies and gentlemen, I think, I think Sarah, what you're saying is, is you're the CMO that likes to poop. I do. I'm a big fan of the poop. I celebrate the poop. Excellent. And I just like talking about it, yeah. E excellent. So, so you know, following so, on from that, like, um, I, I don't know how I can follow on from that, but follow, <laughs> following on from that and, and regaining some composure, um, um, what are you most proud of, yeah, regarding, like, um, you know, the, the, the team at, at CallSign and, and, and what you've done there? I'm most proud of the team. I, and, and I think I'd say that with every job I've ever had. People never say, cease to amaze me what they're capable of. And marketeers never cease to amaze me. The most humble teams, they don't realize how good they are. Their entire reason for being is to be able to go into someone else's shoes and replicate and empathize. And I've, I said, I've got three, I've got three team members. Um, we've got a product marketer. We've got a channel digital expert, but he's put his hand to everything else. We've got a graphic designer and programmer. And they're astonishingly talented. I look at them. I look at their age. I look at the energy that they bring. And every day they surpass every expectation that I thought they could do. So our graphic designer this week has had to make a video for very large US bank under lockdown. And it, it sounds simple, but he's got one camera at home. He's got his laptop. He's got his girlfriend and his girlfriend's best mate. And he's produced an amazing video in two days. How can I not be... Proud. That's innovation, right? That's innovation in its own right. Things right? outside of the box, and he just, yeah, he astonishes me. Um, and now the other two are going to be mad that I've not mentioned them, but I, it's only because they're on holiday this week, so sucks to be them. Um, but otherwise, I'd be raving about them in every job. The thing I'm proudest of is always the people I work with, because um, I, I just am so proud of what they're capable of doing. And if I can make, if I can free up their time, free up their headspace, so they can be amazing then that's why I'm, I'm always proud of them. I give myself a pat on the back because I've managed to free up that time to allow them to be amazing. They might say they've probably done it themselves and I was a hindrance, but in, in you know, but for the purposes... Hey, 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 Fleckham. Yeah. Take, I'll, I'll, take whatever they give you, right? It's like, um, it's always a positive. Look, Sarah, I've, I've got to be open and honest with the audience, right? It's like, um, you know, CallSign are a recent customer joining the, the Octopost um, roster. And, you know, firstly, thank you for your business. But um, what, what led CallSign to consider the Octopost platform? What were the business problems, business challenges that you were looking to solve? Well, I will say for the record, first and foremost, we decided before you joined. Okay, we all right. Most, right so uh, th this isn't sort of a, a friend 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 kind of thing the, the, this was the solution that we wanted so sorry damn Ken. and i took all the credit for it internally oh, it's like you that, just you uh, just burst my bubble now sarah Sebastian's gonna be doing a happy cheer now um but the the important thing there is we were looking for a solution that would help us partner with our sales team we have a an amazing chief commercial officer 
he's incredibly socially aware. Um, he, particularly on LinkedIn, he's, he's growing his Twitter, but he's very good and he's very passionate. He understands the value of social. So do you know what? I was lucky because sometimes you have to have that discussion first and you've got to sell in that concept. I didn't. That, that was somebody who was pushing me for it. But it does mean that the, I knew I would have a very, very strong executive stakeholder who would be pushing his team. We've also got a highly competitive element between our technology team who are really influential. They've all worked in banks and e-commerce merchants. So they've got great connections and the sales team about who can influence the most. Great, healthy competition. So we knew we had an open capability with a really, really strongly linked audience who could really work more if we empowered them or made it easy for them. So questions coming from the COO, who's one of our co-founders, Ian, was, you guys are posting stuff and I never seem to find it. Um, or I'm really late to the party. I didn't see this. Um, we, we had executives who were in, keen to do it but didn't know how to do it. We needed to make it easier for them to engage socially and to see what was going on. So really unlock the key of social. And we tried to do it just by our LinkedIn account, via the Twitter accounts, last so on Instagram, and we've got pathological discussion about we not using so much on the Facebook side of it, but, but all of the others. So we were working on those and we, we knew that we wanted to get onto it. So we needed a tool that could make it easy, that allowed us to be able to link with Salesforce because that's super easy then for sales. And that really thought about it from a B2B perspective. And we, I've, I've used many tools, as I know you have in the past. Yep. From my perspective, Octopus is the one that makes our life easier to collaborate with the rest of the organization. That makes it easy for them to be able to interact and push the messages out as a little bit of healthy competition. And I mean, you, you'll know probably the reason why you asked me. We've had exponential growth in our social engagement. Yeah, I was going to ask whether you can share any of, of the successes with, with the audience. Yeah, we've had, so, we, the, I mean, the competition's going on at the moment very much between sort of our CCO Amir, Bavesh and the technology team. There's kind of neck and neck fighting for things um, about how much they can do. But the, some of the successes are, you know, thousand percent on, on some posts I and mean, we're a small company we're not ibm so you wouldn't get that if you were ibm but we have had those posts we've seen people who engage in the social platform from liking which is maybe 90 percent liking to commenting 90 percent commenting which is great we've seen engagement being from less than 10 percent of the workforce to over 20 percent. so we, we we've doubled all of those pieces um, and we've seen our reach and conversations as i say sort of it's thousand percent increase um, with the engagement that we've been going through. So it, it's, and we've had a lead through, we've had leads through, right? Which I, oddly we weren't looking for that. And I say that unusually, not because, because our posts are not lead related posts. We're all about evangelizing within the market. We're not social selling. That's not the intent of why we do it, but we have had leads coming through. Um, and with in, including banks and merchants, which are our core customer base that we're going after at the moment. So people are reaching out, engaging and having conversations. So it's ticked every box. It's easy to use. And I can say that because, as I mentioned, Joe's on holiday. So I've been running the Octopus platform this week and I've done it. Um, so unless you know me, that probably doesn't sound like much. If you know me, it's uh, frankly astonishing um, that we've got it out. We've, lo we've loaded it and that we've got the interactions going out. Because we, we got a couple of awards this week. So we, we've managed to be able to go out and say thank you very kindly. Um, Congratulations. What were they? 
Um, one was on the, well, one hasn't come out this week, but so oh. I'll, I'll wait for that one. Yeah. And then the other one is in the side 100. So yeah, it, it, it's very nice and very kind people are helping us. Congratulations. So, so question for you regarding Octopus, would you, would you recommend it to your best friend? She works in a hospital, so I'm not <laughs> being that keen. Yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a podiatrist, so um, probably not her, if I'm being honest, because yeah, it, it's not hugely relevant to her. Would I recommend it to marketeers? Yes, categorically. Cool. So, so Sarah, it's like um, our time together is drawing to an end, but I've got a few last questions for you if I can uh, pick myself up off the floor from laughing at that one. Um, you can tell it wasn't rehearsed. Um, so can you tell us um, and the audience something about you that they wouldn't find on your LinkedIn profile? Probably not a LinkedIn profile, but I mean, everybody pretty much knows. I'm just... I, I guess I'm very different outside of work. It's, I'm trying to think, just, I'm a sieve. I'm terrible. Everyone tends to know most things about me. Um, so what wouldn't they know? They would know a huge activist in my younger years. So, you know, protested. I could have guessed that. I could, I, I, I think I might have guessed that one. Everyone knows. I, yeah. What do people not know? God, I really need to keep more secrets. <laughs> I really need to keep more secrets. I'm just like, looking horrendously going, do I have a secret I've not told people? Yeah. No. I, don't, I think everyone pretty much knows everything. Love dogs, love relaxing, eat far too much. Um, and, oh, I, I, okay, in every pub quiz um, I've done over this time, I've lost. And I can't, I'm on the You need to gem up on your general knowledge. That's what you're saying, Sarah, the right? The of a pub appears to have lost me my mojo on the pub quiz so take that what you will in terms of the the, um, the the elements to it but yeah it's um yeah i'm on a really bad losing streak at the moment so that that, that needs to be rectified oh that's uh, i'm sure that i'm sure it'll come back hey everything's starting to open up right but um sarah look where, where can the audience find more uh, about you socially or or call signs like um you know what's the the best way for people to to connect with the brand um, so call sign, come to our website, engage, talk to us on social. We talk to everyone else. I think for marketeers out there, if you are involved in digital transformation, I would argue that actually authentication and identity needs to play a part and being able to provide a personalized journey in, we talked about GDPR in a very privacy friendly way. Um, we offer gamification of authentication that really delights customers, helps them get on and really enables the digital transformation. So come and reach out to me on LinkedIn, reach out to us at hello at callsign.com, talk to us in any way and we'll respond. We're a very friendly bunch and we want to make sure we, we, we're passionate about identity and doing it right. Um, me, LinkedIn's the easiest one. Um, I do answer Twitter, but probably not quite as frequently as LinkedIn. And being called Sarah Whip means there's not many of me. Excellent. And um, that's always, always good to know, right? Always being unique. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Whip, Chief Marketing Officer at CallSign. Sarah, thank you so much for joining the conversation today. It's been a delight. Thank you, Colin, and good to see you again.